Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper around the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. With me, all the way from Wexford, England, or somewhere, uh-huh. not Wexford, Catford, uh-huh. whatever the hell it is. Catford, Wexford, huh? Have you been drinking? Is the gold standard and gold scented Steve Parsons. You've been with Lou, haven't you? No. You've got you've got the lurgy that Lou had. No idea what you're talking about. Well, Lou said today on uh, Facebook that anybody who'd been with him in the last 48 hours, beware, because he's got the lurgy. Not good for him. I'm just saying. Hmm. So anyway, uh, we were anyway. going to have Cal Cooper, but I guess... We he's were. Not... He's escaped. Escaped? You let him out of the cage? Well, you know, he's a doctor now. Yeah, doesn't have time for us, I guess. But anyways, I was uh, I was watching this Arthur C. Clarke thing on zombies, and they were they actually told you how to make a zombie, which was kind of cool. So, <laughs> so you're going to make one tonight at the red light? I'm so. thinking about maybe uh, at Spirit Quest we can you know make a zombie. Uh, okay, what should we call him? Zombie. Just zombie. A Rob. Rob Zombie. There you go. <laughs> It works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know what you've been on, but I don't want any. Really? Yeah, yeah zombie, zombies, uh, you know, everybody thinks, you know, they see that The Walking Dead is extremely popular here and all that other stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, they think that it's, it's all mythical, but, you know, zombies are pretty much real. Oh, well... Uh... You'll have to justify that and qualify that statement. Why Why do you say that zombies are real? Why? Because, first I mean, of all... Too obvious a question. The, the court system in Haiti uh, believes that they are real. That, uh, so, according to their law, it is, they are real. To start with, legally, so then because you can be uh, put on trial for a zombification, which is a uh, you know it's the same as murder, and uh, there are also studies of actually live zombies. So I guess that would kind of make them real to me. Okay, well let's kill that conversation then. <clears throat> what would you have? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Do you know I've. Maybe it's just that time of the year or that time of the week or I was going to say that time of the month. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's Doris Day on Thursday. Um, I've been doing an awful lot of preparation for some of the talks that I've got coming up in the next few months. And that that required that I spend some time scrolling through the social media and through the web pages of paranormal teams here in the UK and over in the USA. And I've realized that, you know, this is going to start to sound like rant again, but it's going downhill fast, isn't it? What's that? 
well, the whole paranormal scene, basically. It's, Why? Why is it going downhill well, fast? Well, it just seems to be... And I, I don't think it's just my perception. It could be. It could just be my age. Uh, I, you know, I'm at that age where I'm, I'm getting like you to be a grumpy old man. But it just becomes like... It used to be silly season occasionally, and there were always sort of the odd silly thing going on. But now it seems that... I don't know. It just it's it's changed. The whole paranormal scene has changed dramatically in the last few years, and it seems to be changing at an accelerating pace. That I don't know whether um, it which direction it's headed, or if it's headed in a good direction. I mean, have you have you noticed any changes like this? I, I'm not sure what you're talking about changes. Uh, I mean, it's the same old, well, same old, if, if well, you look, well, ask me. No, it, well, the thing is, I don't think it is the same old, same old. The same old, same old used to be lots of groups or an increasing number of groups who were all, they were out investigating, they were visiting haunted locations, they were going into people's houses and they were talking to people who had had experiences and then they were investigating them. They were using tools, they were using Ouija boards and, and electronic devices and cameras and video and sound recorders in order to try and document the experience and to try and get some sort of evidence uh, of, of what the person was experiencing. Yeah. But what we see, what it seems to be doing at the moment is, I mean, there are 900, nearly 900 groups here in the UK now. And really? the, oh. the vast majority of, uh, well, wait till you see the numbers for the US, it's at least five times higher. Um, the, it seems to be that they're all chasing demons, um, that they're all, they've, they seem to have lost their critical thinking faculties. And what they're actually doing is they've all already decided that they've, that these things exist and they're just out to satisfy their own proof um, so how is that I, I don't see much of a change in what you know it was before well I mean, that might that might be I mean not in the beginning the beginning was different but I mean in well, the past five years well it isn't different but it seems to be increasing at an accelerating rate um, we seem to be getting far more of um, an approach whereby we know it exists, therefore we're out to... Hey, by the way, what happened to my zombies I was talking about? I don't know. Hmm. What? You went off in this rant on ghost hunting groups again. Yeah, I know. It's it's like it's becoming boring as well. I, I'm, <laughs> I can apologize to the listeners, but it, it's just I've spent, as I say, I've spent the last week stuck in front of the computer going through all of these different web pages and social media sites. And, and honestly, I'm getting to the point of saturation and don't care anymore about what they've got to say and why they've got to say it, because you read one, you read them all. And I, I, I know that might sound harsh, and I know a, a lot of listeners, um, both of them, will, will probably email in and complain about it and say that they're not like that. But the sad truth is I can't find very many groups either side of the Atlantic or even in Europe, Australia, further afield, who are different. They're all, they're all just looking for uh, confirmation of something that they have already decided is there. Um, and they're not looking very hard, and they're not looking very critically. The slightest noise, the slightest anomaly on a photograph, the slightest odd sound on a recording is proof. 
on yeah, the, but that's been done for years. People always go with the theory that they believe in, and then they always, try to prove it. And that's basically what they're doing. Well, not in the UK. It didn't used to always. There were always groups. There were always a handful of groups. There were always some groups, perhaps even the majority of groups, who thought like that. But there were there was still another bunch of groups who uh, went about it in a more measured way. Uh, they may have had the same sort of basic end point, but they went about it from the perspective of somebody's had seen something or heard something or had something happen. And they've gone along with their equipment and they've gone out to find out what it was. And sometimes, you know, they, they, they went through the process of the investigation and sometimes they came up with a conclusion that perhaps there wasn't anything there. But all too often now, the, the, the whole paranormal field is dividing into two camps. You have the vast majority, and there are still groups out there that do it differently, uh, but you have the vast majority of investigators who... I've already pre-decided what's taking place. You know, it's a demon or it's a phantom, it's a ghost, it's it's a poltergeist. Um, they go along and they try to communicate with it. They try to provoke it into, into some sort of action. Um, and you now have uh, an anti-movement of sceptics, quite vociferous sceptics, um, who will ch- they, they, they call the whole field one of woo. And that anybody who's engaged in the subject is a little bit touched. Now, it just seems to be that we're getting absolutely nowhere. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, there were areas where the understanding was starting to move forward a little bit. We understood that some things could, you know, offer... Uh, possible explanations that some areas were worth pursuing more because they were still challenging things like temperature. Temperature used to be a huge thing in paranormal investigation. You know, go back 10 years and every group was was stocked to the gills with data logging thermometers, laser thermometers and every other form of thermometer. Nowadays, it's almost uh, one of the things I noticed that was almost absent in most of the investigation uh, reports that you see is any documentation or interest whatsoever in temperature uh everybody is going after evp in a big way and claiming amazing results to the detriment of they're not bothering to measure or look at anything else anymore if it doesn't appear through a ouija board or through the evp recorder it doesn't it doesn't appear at all Mm -hmm. very very strange and not very happy not very yeah i I was a bit disillusioned this week if i'm honest Mm. Anyway, back to zombies. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you get, whatever. I asked, in fact, in, in, on the same note, I, I had sent you a message regarding Sky TV and ghost hunting shows because I, I was saw all these different Facebook things that they had their show on Sky TV. Can you explain that for, to me? I mean, this, according to what I see, is like 100 shows, paranormal shows on Sky TV. <laughs> Is this true or is it? Um, well, Sky TV is is our, our Comcast. Um, it's a big satellite broadcaster, main sort of uh, broadcaster. Everything's done by satellite. Um, but the, the closest in the US is probably, I mean, you've, you've got Sky in America, but just liken it to Comcast. Um, on-demand television, but delivered via a satellite dish. Now, they have a, a whole hundreds and hundreds of channels. Some of them are, are 
dedicated to the paranormal. And there is, in fact, um, a new series launching in March, which has been filmed for Sky, for Sky Television, or one of its channels. It's not been uh, filmed for specifically by Sky, but Sky offers the opportunity for broadcasters um, and, and, indeed, people to buy airtime. You know, you can actually buy space on some Sky channels oh, really? yeah. for, for a fairly reasonable cost. Hmm. Um, and that means that you often do get groups, uh, program makers coming together with an interest in making paranormal programming um, and, and basically buying uh, series airspace on Sky, on, on channels with, on the Sky network. There are others where, you know, they're more uh, conventional in that a program maker will commission uh, a series and it will be broadcast in a conventional sense. Um, you know, as we understand it, it's commissioned uh, and then it's sort of uh, sold to a channel and aired. But now you have the opportunity, rather like a super YouTube, of uh, making your series and then um, basically selling it or, or basically paying the channel to broadcast it on your behalf. Okay. So, yeah, I mean... There are fairly regular new series launches on Sky. On, have, on... have you watched any of them? Or? Um, I, I've, 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 yes, but not, not an entire series. Um, I'm very rarely an entire program, if I'm honest, because they're very formulaic. I mean, uh, one of the ones that I'm looking, um, looking at, which will be coming out shortly here in the UK, is Derek Corey's new series. Uh, no, your, is that on time that he bought, or is that something different? Uh, well, he's he, he uh, he's actually part of the production. Uh, he's an executive producer on the program, and at the moment, it's only in the filming stage, and we're only reliant on um, basically Derek's Facebook page mm-hmm. for information about what it's. But it's promising great things. Um, oh, it is. But but that's happened before. You know, every show that launches promises great things. Um, most Haunted set to return. I think the next series starts in about two or three weeks' time here in the UK. Again on Sky Television. Um, one of the Sky channels. Sky is just, you know, as I said, like Comcast, so there are hundreds of channels on the Sky network. Um, so Most Haunted is set to return again um, on, I can't remember, on Really, I think it is. Um, the, the channel called Really. Um, there's also. There's community channels as well, you know, but these are the ones where you buy space. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, like I like, so we do see them fairly regularly in the UK. Um, not in the hundreds, maybe, you know, there's a handful a year. But if you look at the promotion that these things, the groups give themselves a push on Facebook and on social media, it appears to be that there are, you know, hundreds of them. Yeah, there seems to be quite a bit. I just was looking at one about ghost stories in in England and uh, paranormal something project paranormal that was the one I saw yeah. well yeah uh, um, yeah I know that one um, they're all as I say they're all pretty much in-house or you know or high, um, in-house productions like it's more more along the lines of super YouTube than uh, you know, conventional as we understood it, television from a few years ago. This is the way television's moving forward. I mean, we've only got to look now at. In fact, I was talking to somebody the other day about paranormal television. Um, I'd been asked to get involved in a television series a few weeks ago, and I actually turned it down uh, in favour of an idea that um, I'll talk to you about off air 
because I think, if I'm honest, I think uh, the genre of paranormal television has pretty much run its course. I, I don't think there is anything new that the program makers are able to offer the viewing audience. And I think the market is now so dilute in terms of when Ghost Hunters first launched uh, 10 or 12 years ago, 12 years ago, um, it was a brand new uh, series. There was a limited number of channels that, that offered paranormal broadcasting programming, and the audience numbers were uh, commensurately higher. Since then, of course, I mean, uh, when Ghost Hunters and Most Haunted launched, YouTube was embryonic if it existed at all. But now people have, have picked up the battle from uh, their heroes on mainstream television on the uh, on the sci-fi network and on living tv and other channels uh, travel channel and they've taken it onto youtube and they've made their own series on youtube and the vast majority of people that i know and speak to now and in fact i myself watch tend to watch more content on youtube than i do on the television channels um mm -hmm. the main the main broadcast channels are for things like perhaps drama or for things like the news uh, some documentary but for uh specific sort of interest television so relating to paranormal uh interest other interests i tend to go to youtube first and a lot of other people um are now using that as their as their main platform uh, mm. bloggers and vloggers are switching you know and and the next generation i mean my daughter who's 20 um almost never switches the television on everything is consumed now via the computer from youtube mm. and i think for that in that regard i think mainstream sort of te the classic uh, ghost hunters, uh, ghost adventures, most haunted. I think that they've had their day. Um, you look at even gigantic shows like uh, Top Gear, which I know is popular in the US and here in the UK. Uh, when it when it was discontinued, uh, when when Clarkson was was fired from the BBC, um, or his contract wasn't renewed, to be more precise, and they took over with Amazon, the numbers of viewers uh, had has uh, skyrocketed because people are able to they don't have to tune in at 9pm on a Friday night or whatever to watch the program mm -hmm. and then hopefully catch a repeat the following week they can now consume it from Amazon whenever they want to on demand and I think that that's the way that, that program makers need to respond and I think the the old fashioned way uh, of you know, uh, right. Well, they have. I mean, Comcast has on demand, so yeah. basically that's the same thing, anyways. Yeah. And I think paranormal programming is is moving towards towards that direction, where instead of a broadcaster coming along and saying, "We want to, you know, do you want to be on our television show? We need a ghost hunter, a psychic, and a, and we're going to go to these ten spooky events for series one, blah blah blah." I think the groups now have have got the equipment, they've got the cameras, um, and they're making their own programmings and shunting them onto YouTube. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's the way it's going, if I'm honest. There's less regulation as well, of course. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at this, once again, Project Planet out there on 10 o'clock on 212 Sky, which is 
uh, is that a mainstream television or is it it's one of those pay thingies? Um, obviously, I don't know all 500 Sky channels. I think to I, yeah, I th- I'm Excuse fairly me. sure that I'm fairly sure that Sky 212 is one of those you pay Sky. Okay. Uh, I think you get a cutback of the of the advertising revenue, but I think ultimately you pay 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 them some money up front for a slot. I I can't be a hundred percent sure of that, but I'm fairly certain that two twelve is one of those okay. um, th- those sort of you know deals that you have that you can get with Sky. Yeah, like I, I said, I was uh, doing research as well, and I came across it seemed like so many, especially in the UK, these. Uh, Paranormal groups had shows on Sky TV, and I was just curious about you know how that worked and everything. So, yeah, well, I mean, this is the way it's changed. This is what I was, I was sort of going before with this eight hundred groups here in the UK and in the, more in America. They're they're able to bypass all of the conventional um, mechanisms, and it now seems to be that you know whereas a group would form and they would you know a group of like-minded individuals any. Any ghost projects, parascience, uh, would come together with a shared interest. So they would go to locations and investigate and learn together and swap ideas and explore the experiences that were being reported. What seems to be happening now in the world of the paranormal is the uh, the group seems to be more focused on their social media presence, that it's more important to have likes and shares and a YouTube channel and to throw stuff out there without really considering it in any way, except because they're now so media-focused and social media-driven that they they have to make these clickbait claims, you know, world's greatest EVP caught on, caught on film and greatest ghost ghost picture ever and they're trying to outdo each other and rather like what happened with most haunted and ghost hunters and others the show has got progressively more extreme the encounters with the uh, paranormal got increasingly more uh, bizarre more provocative more extreme Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think social media is also doing that to the groups they're not they don't have the time any longer to think about their evidence um, you know, they they have to get it up there and out there, you know, to feed their their audience's desire for more and more and more content. And I think that's overall a bad thing for the paranormal. Mm, I suppose. I mean, it's it's really. I think it's more of what you want to do. Basically, some people just go out for the sheer excitement of it. Other people. Uh, do it for fame and fortune and, and other people very few people do it for uh, actual research there are some that also do it supposedly to help uh, their people that they're investigating as well so there is the various camps uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know it, it, now they when you go and you know there are certain groups that go out and they supposedly help people that's it's kind of a, a different it's it, to me it, it's the same way as uh you know these others that you're going out a specific goal you're not trying to investigate really you're not trying to um solve saw uh investigate the paranormal you just there really is psychiatrists or or whatever to help these people and do whatever you do that will make them feel better it's 
uh, I might be wrong on that, but that that's kind of sounds like what it is. You're really not seriously investigating the paranormal. You're you're more on the the uh, the psychiatry and the sociology and where you're trying to you know make people feel better versus really doing any type of research. I've I, I'll I'll be honest. That is something um, that. I am aware of, but it's something that I rarely see from a UK-based team. I, I do see it quite more, uh, a lot more often from American investigators. Mm-hmm. Um, Americans seem to have a, either I don't know, it's a cultural difference. But when when American investigators are interviewed or spoken to about why are they doing it, um, you will often see um, or hear them put down that they want to give something back to the community, that they want to help their fellow man who's having this bad time. They want to bond together and you know help them find the proof or get rid of the the phantasm that's causing their problems. Um, they're much more altruistic, or certainly they say they are. However, when you actually look at what they're doing um, via their social media output, their YouTube output, what you actually see is pretty much the same thing, both sides of the Atlantic. Um, But UK groups, you almost never hear um, them publicly saying, we're doing it because we want to help people, Um, or at least not as a priority. Uh, You might hear it sort of mentioned five or six paragraphs down in passing. They are very much in it for the research, um, first and foremost, so they say. But when you actually look at the output, when you actually look at the methods, when you look at what they're doing, there isn't really that much difference. One one group, and it seems to be an American, uh, predominantly American thing, um, like like to dress it up by saying they're doing it to help others whereas in the uk they're doing it to help science but it, you know it's it's like the difference in world war Two. i mean the ref you know carpet bombed a city um sorry carpet bombed a factory and the american uh, americans uh pinpoint bombed the city the, 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 the end result was not was no different mm-hmm Okay, I understand that. So, uh, I know we're coming up to the break, so I just ignore it. We'll we'll continue with a different subject when we come back. Yeah, one minute. So, anyways, uh, yeah. it's it's interesting though. I mean, I I, I you know I really don't see where the paranormal is going to go. I is it? I really don't understand. Uh, you know, is there really serious research on it? There are a couple people that, that are trying to do things, but as far as serious research, I think there are very few that... Well, I think uh, you're raising some very interesting points that we'd like to come back to after the break briefly. We will. Because that's a very interesting question you just raised there. Okay. So anyways, there's the 15-second uh, mark, and that's about it. So anyways, you're listening to... Uh, Ghost Chronicles uh, International right here on Tojanet, Pararex, and Astronet or wherever else we're played. And we'll be with Ron Kolick and Steve Parson. We'll be right back after the following messages.
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. I was, I was, I wanted to hear how that ended because it always fades away, and I always start talking before the end of it. So I thought, I'm going to just have a listen to the ending tonight. Mm-hmm. Anyway, welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International with New England's own Van Helsing over there. In you're having a heat wave, aren't you? And over here in yes, we are. in Wales, we're just expecting Storm Doris on Thursday, uh, and the Met Office announced earlier that on th- Thursday is Doris Day. Oh, that's so special. Don't think they thought that one through when they made that announcement. Yeah. Maybe, you know what's cool? Or maybe it's, they had. <laughs> I, uh, I actually just watched the, uh, a, uh, a movie with St. Jan, uh, a Royals holiday, a uh, Royals night out, which was a riot. It was about uh, the Queen and his sister at the end of World War II where they went out into the crowd. And it, it was a really a, a good movie, uh, really funny, actually. It was a comedy, of course. It, it's based very loosely on facts, but uh, it was a fun show to watch, and I just want to get that out there before I forgot. Anyway, yeah. uh, going back to this Project Paranormal, which somehow fascinates me, okay. they have, this is interesting, because you can tell they're serious researchers, because if they get so many lights, they're going to burn the picture of Crying Boy. So oh, that's yeah. that's yeah. that's really important, I think, you know. Burn, burn, burn. The Crying yeah. Boy burns. I, I, I'm aware of this group. I'm trying not to give them too much um, oxygen of publicity. They have a very, very well-oiled publicity machine of their own and a huge number of followers here in the UK. Um, yes, I, I, I see that. And yeah. they, give, they give away a thing, you know, get 14,000 likes and we'll give away a spectral camera and 
you know. Wow. Well, there you go. That, that's so that's all add, but, adding a lot of credibility to him. I, I really well, have to admit. It, maybe not. Maybe we they they would argue over credibility, but it does illustrate the point I was making before the break, where the number of they are begging for likes. If you give us likes, we will give you a gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they are judging their popularity on the number of mindless people who click the like button at the bottom of a YouTube. Now, the reason that people that they want likes. I mean, A, it's an ego massager, but of course, these videos on YouTube are monetized. Um, and they get. Well, for every. Uh, people ad, you know, YouTube stick adverts around the videos. And so yeah. the more popular a video, um, the more advertising revenue is paid back to the, to the content provider. Oh, it's kind of like the Amazon book thing. Okay. Yeah. I get this. So. I mean, it's only it's only cents, you know, a no. couple of cents here and there. But you know, there are YouTubers. My, my boys watch one um, who who just opens um, these little sort of um, blind bag toy things, these little polythene bags with a little rubber toy in it, and that's all this YouTuber does. Just opens, and she's got sparkly nails. So you know, people probably know who I'm talking about. If you've got kids, she she grosses five million dollars a year from opening blind bags. Um, on, a, on a YouTube channel. We're in the wrong um, business, I think. <laughs> we could well be. So the idea of if you give us likes, we will give you a camera is probably a good thing. I mean, it massages the ego. They can claim that they are the most popular watched YouTube ghost hunting group in the UK, which they almost certainly are. And also they are monetizing their videos. And it comes down to this idea of I was one of the things I was getting quite cross about when I was going through uh, the social media for groups and their Facebook and their uh, web pages is the amount of groups that claimed that they were non-profit or not for profit. And that every single one of the ones I was looking at that was saying that they were not for profit, every single one of them organizes uh, public access events, which they mm-hmm. charge for. Now, I know that how much a venue costs. I know how much it costs to, to conduct an investigation to do one of these nights. And they are clearly making a profit. Um, but moreover, several yeah, of but them... Yeah, but if they don't take it personally, it goes into... <laughs> but several of them have also taken it a step further. In fact, only this morning, um, I was reading one group advertising for um, people to join its group to host these nights, to host these events um, at key paranormal locations around the UK. And when I looked at the details of it, they're not paying anybody. These people are all volunteers and that these people must have a car and they must be free at weekends and they must be prepared to do eight hours from eight o'clock in the, you know, in the evening until four in the morning. Uh, and they must be reliable and they must be good with people. In everything bar name, these people are employees, except they're getting absolutely nothing except the privilege of getting into a building. Um, right. Yeah, I, and somebody somewhere is making money. You know, it, it's not that they are charging at a rate that's clearly making about a 30% profit. Um, now, they have some costs. They have to put some advertising up on, you know, on their social media, which costs nothing. They have to advertise on their on their web page, which costs nothing. Um, they're making money. And they're claiming to be not for profit, and they're empl- they're employing people without employing them. You know, they're, they're, it, it, it's the whole thing's a sham. It's it's 
it needs to really be regulated from that point of view because people are being misled. They're, they're being sold the idea that you are joining a real investigation when actually you are going on a tourist ghost hunting spooky night out experience that is exactly the same as everybody else's and that no, no, nobody except a couple of people at the top who probably never leave the house anymore because they don't have to are coining it in. Mm. Now I'm ranting. Yeah, you are. So we mentioned, before the, we mentioned before the break, serious research. Yeah. And now, there are, there are, and I, I don't want to be disingenuous, and I don't want to paint everybody with, this, with the same brush. There are, and always have been, a small number of people who are interested in the subject for the sake of the subject, and they want to study it. I mean, that's a situation that's existed for thousands of years. As long as people have seen ghosts, there will always be the odd um, nutcase who wants to study them and find out why. Um, but there have always been a great many more people who've seen this as a lucrative market. But what seems to be happening now with social media and with YouTube is that those who can see a buck are being given better tools than the researchers or of, or, and also because they are swamping the, I mean, there's only so many haunted places in the world. Let's be honest. I mean, despite what some people might say, um, you can't, you cannot access some of the locations now because the location also wants a cut of the pie some way, you know, you can perfectly understand why it's their building. It's their location. It's their ghost. Um, and it's now, getting increasingly difficult for serious researchers who lack the funds or lack uh, the intention to take along 10 or 15 members of the public um, just so they can get into a building. Mm -hmm. They can't get there anymore. So the research is suffering. The, the subject is suffering. There has been very little new research that has been generated in the last five or 10 years. Whereas in the previous 10, 15 years before that, there were actually some, there were some, some groups certainly in the UK and one or two in America, I have to add, who were making interesting advancements in the field. There were some studies that were done around the late 1990s, both sides of the Atlantic, that looked at, you know, phenomena that people were exploring, um, that people were reporting, and they were conducting some interesting experiments into trying to get an understanding and, it, and, and an angle on what was taking place. And the orb was the first of those that, you know, of the modern generation of phenomena, the digital phenomena. Um, and there were, there were several groups in America, I corresponded with them um, during the early 2000s, and they were doing some very interesting research, trying to understand what was, you know, what, what were these orbs, what were these phenomena that, that people were reporting that they themselves were getting on their digital cameras? Mm -hmm. You know, were they paranormal? How could they demonstrate that they were normal or paranormal? Uh, how could they get to understand them better? Um, and that was a really great time to be involved in the field because there was a lot of co uh, cooperation collaboration between groups in the UK and groups in the USA and transatlantic as well well we all tried to get a grasp on this new and interesting phenomena that was starting to appear as digital cameras were rolling out nowadays you don't see that at all you see people at each other's throats um, and you see no critical thinking being applied or at least the groups that are doing it, the individuals that are doing it, are now so drowned under the weight of 
the thrill-seeking groups, the thrill-seeking event group uh, organizers, that the research, any genuine research now is really, really struggling to take place and to make itself, uh, make people aware of what it's doing. So organizations like the, A, well, they're no longer called the AEVP, but uh, are there many like that that, that, you know, that was their study, that's what they investigated, EVP was, and that's what they concentrated on. They really didn't look at other aspects of the paranormal, just that particular aspect. And they, they had some interesting findings mm-hmm. as well. Because, I mean, fortunately, they are still around. Uh, well, yeah, under a different name, though. But I mean, they are still. Uh, there are still people. There are still people, both sides um, and and worldwide, who are working away trying to get an angle, um, some insight into these experiences, these phenomena that people are encountering. But they are they are increasingly getting pushed to the edges of the field. If you look in the mainstream media, if you look in the print media or on the broadcast networks. Um, you know, hardly a day goes by now without you know, Ghost Hunter captures amazing picture of Ghost making a splash headline on the in the newsprint in the newsprint media. Uh, but there's no critical thinking applied. This is a case of somebody's gone out on a ghost hunt or they're advertising a ghost hunt, um, which you find out in the last paragraph as you read in the article, mm-hmm. and that they've cu- captured this amazing image of. A ghost walking across a room or or, or doing something weird on CCTV camera or or captured without really knowing it or what, you know, whilst they were touring around with their with their mobile phone and they didn't notice it till it got home. Um, That's what's get that's what's front and center in people's minds. And anything that 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 any serious researchers are doing is now being pushed so far to the sides that people are just not aware that there are actually you know, still anybody left doing any serious studies? So let's let's see if we can, you know, say we have a listener, and uh, that particular listener is serious about investigating the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Well, how could they do that? I mean, you know, we just talked about you know the the very few organizations mm-hmm. left that that do that. How? What would you recommend them that they do? I mean. So, you know, say they have a group even. Say they got a whole group. We'll give them that. Uh, what, what would they do? Well, I, I would suggest if you are interested in, in purely serious research from a point of view of understanding the, uh, the phenomena, then I, w- I mean, I don't know what the situation I think the American SPR is currently stale, is sort of stalled a little bit. But the British SPR will, um, you know, it's, it's open to worldwide membership. So that's the Society for Psychical Research. And their web address is uh, www.spr.ac.uk. Okay. Go along there, join that, um, or just look at the web page. Because they've just only uh, a week or so ago have put their entire um electronic records online going with case information going right the way back to 1884 wow um, so you've got a huge resource there that you can that you can draw upon um to to compare what you're doing with what you know others other others are doing you can also send in your reports or ask for you know uh, comment and critique or is there anybody that the SPR are aware of who are doing similar research and get and you know get 
put in touch with each other so that you can swap emails, swap notes, swap phone calls on Skype, whatever. Um, so that would be one good way of doing it. The other thing is, um, is don't be afraid to to kick against the mainstream. You know, look at what others are doing um, and look at it critically, and don't be afraid to say, "Hey, no, no there's a problem." But is no, that really worth do doing? Do is it really worth doing, though, if you take a look at uh, the stuff that's posted, like, for instance, on Facebook alone or on YouTube? Uh, you know, you have absolutely no idea of the controls that were involved in it, so you don't know how much that evidence, and I use that in quotes, is tainted. Uh, is it even worth spending your time on? Should you be doing your own research, for instance, if if you're interested in photography, then spend your time going to haunted locations, set, setting up circumstances, certain protocols, and and uh, doing your photography and 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 uh, you know uh, logging it all in and 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 go through a patent over over a good period of time and take a look at your results and see if they're is anything there that's that's worth pursuing it? I think that's excellent advice. Uh, I think that you, you, first of all, to thyself be true, as the old saying said, that, you know, first of all, satisfy yourself. Um, look at what you're doing, and then before, w once you're happy and comfortable with it, then present it for review by your peers and see what they say. But first of all, make sure you're comfortable with it. But be prepared to accept criticism. I mean, often it's the case as as I've gone over the years, I've had an idea. I've thought, this is really, really cool. This is good. Um, you know, I've, I, I'm satisfied with what's happened um, and my conclusions and then presented it to somebody and they said, ah, but, uh, you know, they've given me some information that I wasn't aware of um, right. that led me to change my mind. And so, you know, don't be afraid to change your mind. Well, that's you know that's we talked about this before privately. I don't know if we talked in the year, but I mean my opinions have certainly changed when I first started doing it. And I remember I came over here and I I showed you and I left a couple of copies, a copy of uh, yeah. Women's World magazine and then a, a later copy, and and you could actually see the difference between mm -hmm. the, the two and mm -hmm. in, in my attitude and and mm -hmm. what I believed in. I think a lot of modern investigators are, are kind of afraid to admit that you know that they're wrong uh, you know i'm they they might publicly say that they're open-minded and you know happy to be wrong but if you look at the way that they fight with each other on on social media you can clearly see that they're very uncomfortable uh when anybody criticizes them you know that's that's a sure route to being defriended and abused on on facebook um you know offer any form of critic criticism of you know of, of their results you know that's not an all that's a normal piece oh, you're wrong i'm gonna have you run out of you know the way it goes. Um, so they're obviously not very comfortable with being wrong. Now, I've been wrong on thousands of occasions, and I've changed my mind hundreds of hundreds of times when I've been presented with better information. And I think that is the best way to behave and the best way to to be. You know, it, it's not it's not a bad thing to be wrong. It's not a bad thing to change your mind when you look at something, uh, somebody gives you some information or you review what you've got and you say, ah, well, my first conclusion, you know, it needs revising. It wasn't, well, that's the thing, it Steve, wasn't correct. Though, it's not so necessarily that you're wrong. It's just that 
uh, circumstances and information have changed. So uh, given the information at that time, you, you know, what you gave was right. But since then, more research, more reading, you realize yeah. that, okay, that's not good enough now. That, that yeah. doesn't thing. I can look at it, okay, this is really what happened. So uh, it's not necessarily a right or wrong thing. It, it's it's uh, uh, you, you worked for the, with the information you had at the time, mm-hmm. but it changes. We're learning every day in, in that of information. Will. Of course yeah. we are. But you, you're met with when, uh, you know, it might be that you are wrong or, or you have incomplete information mm-hmm. simply because uh, you don't have the expertise in a particular area. Um, I mean, there are lots of areas involved within paranormal research. You have environmental research, you have photography, sound, a whole gamut of different specialities, and nobody can be an expert in all of them. And you, you hopefully draw upon experts, uh, or you, you know, I mean, I've sent off pictures to to lots of other people, to you know, uh, to Kodak, to Fuji, to Sony, um, because I need their expertise, and. Upon their their responses, I have completely had to change my initial uh, point of view. But what happens these days is you you tend to get met with this idea that um, there are no such thing as experts in the paranormal. Therefore, my idea is right, and the, the groups themselves have a have a uh, or a lot of groups have an incredible resilience and an incredible amount of self belief that that their method, that their results, that their conclusions are completely correct. And any any form of criticism or a genuine offer of assistance or guidance or a suggestion that uh, I don't think your results are possibly um, correct, I think maybe you have overlooked this, is generally met with abuse and uh, defriending, as, as, as I said before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think people are... The world ends when you're defriended, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it tends, for me, that tends to show a degree of insecurity, that you're not yourself, you know, comfortable with your results or too comfortable with your results if that makes any sense at all mm-hmm. um, you know, we have to be uh, science exists on you know science constantly changes its its worldview its opinion um, it, its ideas in in when faced with better evidence better experiments exactly better results now I mean, we I, believe that bleeding and, and using leeches was proper medicine and we've gone back to using leeches now as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was only a few hundred years ago that the idea of rocks falling from the sky, it, that could not be conceived of. Um, you know, people that had witnessed rocks falling from the sky were clearly mad or deluded. Um, and yet rocks do fall from the sky on a daily basis. Uh, we have to change our views. Uh, we have to change our opinions, and we have to be prepared so we believe to... the world was round, now we know it's flat. <laughs> but we have to be comfortable with... I, I think that's what's changed. Um, you know, if, if one thing has changed in the paranormal community in the last 25 years, is we're a lot, as a group, we're, uh, investigators are now a lot less comfortable when they, when their results are challenged. They're not as happy to say, okay, um, I need to rethink that one. That makes they don't like they don't like going out of their comfort zone or 
they perceive that they are being made to be a lesser person. Mm. And so they go out, you know, full, full, full bore attack. Don't you dare challenge me. I know better than you. And anyway, even if you think you know better than me, there are no experts in the paranormal. Therefore, you can't. Therefore, whatever I say is correct. It's true. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So I, I know we're coming down to is the end of the show, but uh, I am teaching uh, my first online course, which is kind of fun. Maureen and I are together Ooh. webinar, so it's uh, kind of neat. That looks Center- exciting because it's, it's something. It's interactive, you know. You, yeah. you, the people get to speak with you and see you and everything. It's kind of neat. I need to pick your brains because that's exactly the sort of thing that I've been given the job to try and develop for later mm. in this year. Um, so you're ahead of, ahead of the game on that one. So I think I might have to call upon your expertise. Oh, there you go. That's 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 different. Because every, everything I've done so <laughs> I always done, yield to you because I, well, I that, believe I mean, that you have far more experience than I do. No, right? no, no, no. In, in, in some areas possibly, but I recognize that you have – I mean, uh, this idea of online stuff, it's, it's not something I, I've engaged with. I've always prepared to de- – I prefer to deal with people face-to-face um, mm-hmm. when, when – Well, you can to- now online, which is the neat thing. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the cool thing. Um, that is the cool thing. But it's not something I've engaged with yet, and yet it's been something I've been tasked with trying to put together. Um, and so it's it's a whole new it's a whole new sort of uh, ball game for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we we we're doing our first one on Thursday, and it, we just it's really uh, you know just like kind of like an introductory to paranormal investigating type of thing. Not not so much. Uh, how to do it, but you know, basically, you know, yeah. what is a paranormal investigator? What does he do? How, you know, what in that type of stuff? It's it's kind of, and it's just to get the feel uh, mm-hmm. of of it itself because it's all brand new. But I mean, it's a, it's an excellent program. You you share files over the air. You know, you you share uh, uh, videos, audios. Uh, it, it's it's pretty pretty unique and and uh Marianne and i did a little dry run yesterday and uh it was good it was a lot of fun uh and uh, that's one of the things if you enjoy doing things then it makes it so much better everybody gets much more more out of it not only uh your students but yourself as well i think i i you know i talked earlier about the conventional ways that we understood broadcasting you know television channels and, and mm-hmm. such has changed dramatically and i think that we do have to adapt i think that people are much more comfortable about the idea of you know sitting at home and learning via these online distance methods than having to drag themselves out you know uh on a cold evening to somewhere to to sit in the classroom i think it's much more inclusive um and i think it's it's something that we do have to embrace and it's something that's new to me you know i i'm I'm still very old school in terms Mm -hmm. of um the way i uh, like to deal with people, um, but I'm, I'm I'm slowly moving into the 21st century. Yeah. You know, you know what's unique too is because uh, you know I had my paranormal study group and I really pioneered. Oh, pizza from the dead. But anyways, I pioneered uh, remote ghost hunting, which is kind of interesting. Now, if you you can do it with this. You know, uh, webinar type. It mm-hmm. brings a whole new level to it, uh, and uh, it was kind of. It's kind of interesting. Uh, like I said, it's it, technology is not necessarily 
you know, a bad thing at times. No, gosh, no, technology is a wonderful thing, and we have to embrace the future. I'm just thinking, as I said at the start of the show, it was going to be a bit ranty, but it's because I think that because the technology is new, uh, it's allowing uh, serious research to be pushed to the side because serious research is, is a lot slower at, at developing these skills that are needed because they tend to be you know, uh, of the younger generation. People have seen an opportunity to market themselves and to, to market a product. And these are the people who have got front and centre. And I think over time it probably will rebalance itself. Um, I hope in the meantime that the subject, you know, the subject, the core subject, the paranormal research, doesn't get, um, you know, doesn't suffer unduly. Right. But anyway... Uh, I'll get to wrap it up. So. It's been a ranty one, hasn't it? We've got cat. Well, I should also explain to our listeners that if you're tuned in for episode seven of the Teller of Curious Tales, he was on holiday. <laughs> or rather, his or rather his software took a holiday. I pro- and wouldn't work properly. So yeah, Ad- Adobe Audition, your program sucks. There you go. <laughs> so there you go. So it's another show. And, so episode uh, seven will be next week. With Cal, why don't we hold it off for another week? Just go back on schedule. No, but I'd rather I'd rather we held Cal off. <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, the teller of curious tells is much more interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Usually, so, when I say we'd see, means no. <laughs> we'll we apologise to those. As I say, uh, we offer our apologies. The teller of curious tales. Yeah, here's the tunes yeah. we're going. Yeah. There you go. So, so thank you so much, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thank God bless. Is that it? Are you going to give out the web address for your online thing? to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.